0: Sean and Caitlin are on break this week, but while they're off, Dad's Daughters and Dollars is still on. Here's an encore of one of their most popular episodes. Enjoy. Welcome to Dad's Daughters and Dollars, a financial podcast for everyone. Now, here's one of my favorite people.
1: (laughs) I'm Sean, the dad, clearly the favorite.
2: And I'm Caitlin, the daughter. Clearly, my dad's mistaken. Hello. Hi, I'm
1: back from Portugal. Yeah. That's what's really good about this is that, you know, we did a episode two or three episodes ago where we talked about that I was going and then we're going to talk about any travel hacks I learned and the pros and cons of the trip. And I got plenty of both. All right. Yeah. So but before I do that, I want to say we have two more countries on board. Really? Ivory Coast and Portugal.
2: No way. Wait, yes. okay. Is it because you listen to the podcast in Portugal so it recognizes that you listen to it in Portugal?
1: Uh, yes. <laughs>
2: okay. All right. So I don't know that well, we, we have listeners uh, in Portugal. No, but, but
1: there's, there's a chance there was others because they saw me listening to it. They said, what's that on your on your phone? I said, here, join in. And
2: okay. You can live in that world. That's okay. But okay. welcome, everyone. Welcome back to Dads, Daughters, and Dollars. Let's learn about your trip.
1: Okay, so I, what I want to do is break down the podcast into, like, before I booked my flight, or, I mean, as I, before I left, uh, when I, the travel, what the travel was actually like, and then what it was like when I was there in terms of spending. And then at the end of the show, the idea of this is to see if I could do eight days, seven nights in Portugal for less than $1,500, and we'll find out. Okay. All right, so I booked a flight on skip lag. This is sometime in August maybe early August, and Skip Leg, for those who don't know, is a type of uh, travel service where you're traveling to North Carolina, but you want to get off at Oklahoma, and they have a stop at Oklahoma. It's cheaper to book to North Carolina, get off at Oklahoma, that type of thing. But they also do just regular flights where you maybe, like when you're going to Europe, you're changing flights a number of times. Right. Okay. So my round trip from Los Angeles to Lisbon was $465.
2: Which that's just kind of insane to me.
1: Well, that's nearly 6,000 miles away.
2: Well, cuz it's not it's also not a direct flight. I mean, I already know this from your personal experience and like, "Oh yeah, I just landed in blank, but you went to um New York and then from New York to Madrid and then, and then from Madrid, to, Madrid to, Lisbon. to Lisbon. So there's definitely no like direct, I don't know how many rather well, you, direct flights there are from Los Angeles to Lisbon. But the point is, is you still got there and you traveled that far.
0: Right. And so, just but,
2: anywhere in Europe too. Like not even, cause we're not in New York, we're in Los Angeles. So going to Europe is that much more expensive versus if we did live on the East Coast. So, but to give you an
1: idea of what it normally costs, it between six hundred and fifty and eight hundred dollars to do round trip from Los Angeles to Lisbon and back, including all the exchanges. Right. So about a week after I booked this four hundred sixty five dollar round trip flight, I got an email saying you want to go to Lisbon from LA, round trip two hundred and ninety. But because I had to kind of prepay for this one. Right. That would be unbelievable, 290.
2: Well, 290, how long is your layover? Like, you know, two days? It was
1: about, no, it was about the same time.
2: Wow. Exactly. So wait, what was your longest layover in, in which city?
1: Uh, there was a two-hour layover. However, the, it's not really two hours because, let's say, when I landed in Madrid, I had to take a tram to a different part of the terminals there and then go up an elevator and walk through all these different things. It took like an hour by the time I got off my flight and got to the next flight, and the, the, I think it was like an hour and 45-minute difference between the two flights. So it was about an hour before I got to the next place, and it was just time to like get some water, and then I'm boarding in another 15 minutes.
2: So but so that your hour and 45-minute wait was in Madrid? Yes. Got it. Okay.
1: I had a two-hour wait in New York, but it was the same thing. I had to switch to a different terminal. Right. So I probably had a 50-minute wait.
2: Right, you probably had to switch into an international terminal. Wait, were you dropped off at Tom Bradley in LAX? No. Oh. So that's going to be part of
1: everything I explain, and it's going it. to be part of the pros and cons. Okay. All right. So here's some of the things I would recommend that people do. Is This is pros and cons, uh, things to do before you leave. I had to obviously get a COVID test, so that cost me $100 to enter both Spain and Portugal. I checked all my credit cards about who has foreign transaction fees. I have four credit cards, who has foreign transaction fees, and who doesn't i I chose you know I called each one of the companies because I didn't know offhand with all those small print that you get. So I called and I found that two did and two didn't. And then I made sure that those two got travel notifications that I would be out of town. So I don't want to go here. I'm paying. And then
2: your card is, yeah. It's rejected someplace
1: in Lisbon at a restaurant. I'm like, oh man, and I don't have euros yet type of thing. So I did that. What Um, were
2: the credit cards, if you don't mind me asking, do you have those down?
1: Yeah, it was the. Um, my Mastercard from Hawaiian Airlines.
2: Oh, doesn't yeah. have international. Wow, nice. Okay, no,
1: and my Citibank, you know, like Costco Visa. Right, cool. Um, so then I registered for the Step program, which is a Smart Traveler enrollment program, which is a thing that anytime you're traveling overseas or anywhere in the world, you can register, and I highly recommend, and we'll link this in the in the show notes it'll register you at the State Department in that country. So that if for any reason there was an uprising like, oh, look, there was a, a bombing 10 blocks from your hotel, you can call the State Department, and their job is to make sure that you're safe. Right. Okay. Um, so that that's a great thing. So I then put Google Translate and I translate on my phone if I was going to have any issues speaking <laughs> Portuguese, which yeah. I, I don't.
2: I was going to say, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think of anyone in the family, I speak, I I can say a couple of words in Spanish and get by. I think maybe mom can a little bit too. And then I don't know what other languages you speak or anything. You know, you know, um, speak, Je m'appelle Georges Cluny. That's no, the thing he always says because that's the one I phrase know, he learned in high
1: school. I know one phrase in French, which is Je m'appelle Jean Cluny. And my daughter always says it's George Cluny.
2: oh do you pronounce it jean
1: it is that's exact. it's j-e-a-n
2: oh i always thought you were saying george clooney no in high school you were taught jean clooney
1: in high school he didn't exist
2: oh yeah i guess you're right are you guys about the same age
1: i think i'm a tiny bit older jean clooney all right, so then wow, I. Wow,
2: I always thought you were saying George. I literally, for the, this has broken no. my, broken me down. I always thought you were, you were saying George. This
1: was like in ninth grade French. We would have these language <laughs> records where it would go. So
2: George Clooney was only in like sixth grade.
1: Well, my point is, he wasn't <laughs> famous. Why would they be saying his name?
2: I don't know. George is a pretty common name. Why would they All be right. saying his last name? His last name isn't but super it, common. But,
1: if you looked at it, it was spelled J-E-A-N, and the last name was spelled C-L-U-N-Y. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah, okay. Wow.
1: So we are with Sprint and T-Mobile, so I registered with them, and I called them and said, hey, so what is it for texting? And they said, texting, uh, as long as you're not doing it on the, uh, you know, uh, all On your, service, pl- on cellular, um, if you're yeah, on airplane mode kind of thing. Totally free, any place in the world. Um, and then I can obviously do texting, and calls over FaceTime.
2: Um, if you're on Wi-Fi, yeah. And then yeah. also there's WhatsApp as well. And we used that a little bit while he was and gone. And then
1: before I also left, and I highly recommend this, which is I downloaded a thing called Wi-Fi Map, which when I clicked on Lisbon when I was still here in America, it showed me 7,186 free Wi-Fi spots Near me, so you, I would just walk down the street and I click and it'd say, "Oh, that that cafe." So if I stood outside that cafe, I could text you guys or whatever. Yeah, it was always free, and I would find dead spots of maybe a hundred yards if I was walking. And I'm like walking six to seven miles a day, well, just visiting the city. How
2: many Wi-Fi uh, places had like passwords that were locked?
1: No, the Wi-Fi map will give you the password. Or tell you it's a completely free thing with no password. Got you.
2: Okay, yeah. Because like, I think I tried that once, and there weren't too many in the area that I was trying for, but maybe that was just my area, so.
1: I mean, like, uh, f- uh, one and a half blocks from my hotel was a big mall and this big thoroughfare of where there were a million restaurants and a big mall and uh, a lot of businesses. So that whole area, whatever that area was called, had its free own free Wi-Fi. So... If I'm with, like, in half a block of my hotel, I'm getting it, and I'm at my hotel, I probably have within two blocks their Wi-Fi. Right, right. All right, so the Wi-Fi map thing actually helped. Every once in a while, it would come up. It Like, oh, the next closest one, it says 60-minute walk from where you are. I'm like, no. And I'd walk 10 feet, and then a new one would come up. that was free. Right. Um, I I checked this before I left. So I know that with my... um. Uber, I have a certain credit card attached to it. So I said, okay, I'll switch the credit card to one that has no foreign transaction fees. And for whatever reason, whether Uber was down or something, but I tried like six times and they wouldn't let me switch over. Like, oh, please try again later. So I decided not to use Uber because I'm trying to see if I can do this under 1,500.
2: Well, Uber also, just so you know, I think you can, like even if it was down all those six times, I don't know that you can switch out a card, but you can choose which card
1: Right. So, so it wouldn't I w- even let,
2: let you add a new card. No. Not take off the old one, because I don't know that they... It
1: wouldn't let me add a new one. That's weird. And they've just said, please try again, service, whatever.
2: That's, a, you know, it's funny, because I actually, I've been trying to dispute a charge on American Express. I have a, a little sidebar, I guess, here. But I was also traveling, but it was for work. It was a road trip to Arizona. And two days after I came back from the road trip, I had a... 120 dollar charge something like that at an ExxonMobil guys I drive a Prius I cannot buy that much gas at an ExxonMobil and or would I ever get that much what, in what's
1: the max you can put in thirty dollars or something
2: maybe if it has like zero miles on it 40 forty dollars is the max that I will pay especially at a random ExxonMobil in yeah you works. know wherever it was it was more inland in California so I don't really know how expensive that would have been and even if it was more expensive like $50 max and I'm not spending a hundred or like $70 extra in also. Yeah. Uh, let me get a uh, five bags of Cheetos. Like, no, that's, it's not, that's not it. So, um, I've been trying to dispute the charge a couple of times. I've called them twice and their website isn't letting me dispute the charge. Wow! It it says, like, sorry, dispute your charge is unavailable at this time. Please try again later. And, like, you can dispute your charge later. I'm like, what? I kind of want to do it now. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so fun times, Uber and American Express. (laughs)
1: Right. Um, So the one other thing I'll mention, I'll do this in the show notes, too. You can turn off cellular data in FaceTime and use it only as Wi-Fi, too. And I'll tell you how I did that. But I was stunned that my brother, who lives in New York called me. He is not on Apple. He does not have FaceTime. I was sitting in my hotel room at night. I'm only on the Wi-Fi and the phone rang. And I'm like, how is the phone ringing and he's not calling me on on FaceTime? But it worked. Yeah. So it was Well, rang. hopefully
2: he doesn't get a charge, but I guess you'll find that out sooner than later.
1: Right. All right. So now let's talk about the travel. My wife drops me off at LAX. Before I left, I knew I had to go L.A. to JFK, JFK to Madrid, and Madrid to Lisbon. American Airlines booked this whole thing via Skipleg. However, I noticed when I got the email after I booked it, it said uh, said the second trip from New York to uh, Madrid was on Finland Air, Mm. operated by Iberia Airlines. And Iberia is basically the main airline of Spain, and it's a beautiful, beautiful airline. And then from Madrid to Lisbon was also on Iberia. So I, my spidey senses go up and I call American Airlines and I go, what's up? What's this operated by? They said, oh, yeah, you have to go to Iberian Airlines. So I don't go to Finland Air for the second flight? No, 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 no. You just go, it's Finland Air. So I said, what will say on the, on the side of the plane, Finland Air or Iberia? And they go, Iberia. I said, boy, that's confusing. So the, whatever. So,
2: what were you concerned about? You were just going to go to the gate that you were told to go to,
0: like your no. flight number, and then in New all York, go flight, to the terminal.
1: All the flight numbers were different, and they weren't on my email.
0: Hey, everyone. Just want to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. It's the app we use to get our podcast to you. Sean and Caitlin have really enjoyed their experience, and it's super easy to use. Certainly, if Sean can use it, hey. you can. We really think everyone should use Spotify for Podcasters. Start talking about your hobbies or your deepest, darkest secrets, something. You won't regret it.
2: So you're telling me that they did not give you the direct flight number from New York to to. I'll give
1: you an example. Madrid? If, if, if the, fl- the flight that I took from LA to New York was American Airlines and it was like 5564, that was exactly right. Then the next one says it's Finland Air 6671 to Iberia. They have to th- Madrid, yes. Yeah, to Madrid. They have a thing called code sharing. Code sharing gives me PTSD <laughs> because it took me an hour once I got to New York to uh, figure this all out because the person in L.A. took me an hour and a half when I was at L.A. just to get on. I got dropped off two and a half hours, and it took me an hour and a half to get through. Not mm-hmm. because of there was a long line. I was the first person online. It was that much time I had to log in. I had to now get a seat. I had to do this. I had to register all these different Spain health things. It was a nightmare, total nightmare. Oh,
2: because of COVID protocols there?
1: Beyond COVID, it's because of all these flight change differences that were not told to me over the phone by American Airlines two weeks before I left. So once I get to New York, she goes, oh, yeah, no, you go to Iberia Airlines. The flight number is really 191. I go, but how come that's not on any of the paperwork you get? She goes, oh, that's just the way they do it. Anytime it says operated by, it's you go to the terminal of the operated by people.
2: Okay, so here's what I'll say. as I, When I've got on flights before, sometimes the same flight can be two different numbers. So that wasn't the case for you? No. the The flight number that you were given for New York to Madrid wasn't, Like didn't lead it. You you put it into the system, or you tried looking for it on the departures once you landed at New York, which I don't know if that was JFK or LaGuardia. It didn't exist. It just wasn't there.
1: Did not exist. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So American American calls it like six six seven one, when operated by Iberia, Iberia calls it something completely different, and that's what the you know the person who was helping me at Iberia Airlines told me. I was like, well, I'm glad you
2: got on your flight.
1: So then. I I didn't have the same problem because the person in New York had booked me both to Madrid and Lisbon, and, and I just had to show my like uh, QV code that was on my phone that I had like— The you, taking a
2: COVID test kind of a thing, proves exactly, that you were okay.
1: Exactly. But if you see the words operated by or code share, and they never said the words code share when I called them two weeks before I left, run away screaming and yelling. Or
2: you just go up to a help desk and you say, hey, can you help me out?
1: But the problem is you better get there two and a half hours in advance and hope. Like there was, because I was taking an hour and a half of this lady's time, her supervisor kept saying, get the next person. Like, you know, he's got to help himself type of thing.
2: But so she didn't, she couldn't just like tell you, oh yes, sir, this is the she flight said, that you're on, but it's actually this flight. And then you just go and find that flight?
1: No, she says- you have to go online and register. So I'm on my phone. So I would call up and I have to now type in my name, my address, all this stuff. my Onto aunt, your phone, right. Onto okay. my phone. But it, it would say something like, uh, what's your... Uh, title or something. And you know, like some people put Dr. Jones or whatever. Yeah. So I wasn't going to put Mr. I've just, or I'll go to first name, last name, address, etc.
2: So it wouldn't let you submit it if you so didn't put it So it took me address. like
1: seven minutes to go through. And because I didn't put Mr., I had to go back and do it all over again.
2: So you were just... I'm not going to say holding up the line, but you were like doing that. They had
1: me step to the side, and then she would come over about every three minutes and go, where are you at this point, you know?
2: So she couldn't help you at all. You had to look it up yourself. That's really weird.
1: Exactly. And then I go, okay, um, I don't have a seat number yet, so it won't let me go past this. And she goes, put in any number. So I put in...
2: How are you supposed to know that before?
1: <laughs> I put in 16C. Apparently, the plane doesn't have a 16C, so it says it's rejected. And once it gets rejected, I had to go back and start again with Mr. Sean. Oh,
2: my God.
1: It was a nightmare. So code sharing and operated by maybe run in the other direction.
2: See, that's the thing, though, is that just within domestic flights, I've seen operated by like a a million times. I think I've been on plenty of planes that have been on, you know, that say operated by. But maybe it's different because it's domestic versus international. But yeah, no, two and a half hours early. I feel like they say for an international flight, get there three, four hours early.
0: Right. So,
2: you know, and be prepared for that, hopefully. But also if you're flying in to New York and then you only have two hours between New York and Madrid, that's only two hours. Like you only have as much time as you have for your well, land, and That's also- the that's the um, disadvantage to being on the West Coast and wanting to travel To the other side of the world, a lot of times, unless you're going, I guess, to Japan, you're not going to fly over the Pacific. You're going to go all the way across the U.S. and then start making. So
1: going from L.A. to JFK, hour and a half just at the check-in area. Now I have to go through customs and take off your shoes and all that stuff and go through all that stuff. By the time I got to my gate, it was, they're starting to board the first class and I'm like the fourth group or something so I could not I was going to exchange money for euros there I couldn't exchange for euros because I had to get on my flight and two I like always bring an empty bottle and I'm gonna put fill it with water because my flight between going to New York and then going to Madrid and going to Lisbon is gonna be like 12 and a half hours right travel time so couldn't it was a bit of a nightmare so operated by run away unless you get everything tied in in advance and I tried to. And they kept saying, no, 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 you just do it at the airport.
2: Oh, okay. Like
1: the guy wouldn't help me over the phone. So All right. So let's talk about when I arrived. So I get to a Lisbon place is amazing. It they had as you've probably heard in this podcast before, I'm vegetarian, vegan. So they had plenty of options and it was great. They had this restaurant row which was right by the water. You have the Vasco da Gama Bridge, and then you have the water. And then about maybe 10, 20 yards away from that, there is just this beautiful uh, full row of restaurants. Maybe there's 100 restaurants. It was just lovely and all lit up and gorgeous. Um, So now I realize I have to get back. So I have to take a COVID test. I am flying back on a Tuesday. The test has to be within 72 hours. So the hotel recommends a place for me to go. I go there. They say we don't. We're not open Sunday, and the test we give on Monday is only. We can't f-
2: guarantee you you'd have it by the time you need it.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's we only have a twenty four hour turnaround. We open at nine a.m. on Monday. You leave at eight thirty on, so we can't guarantee. So then I get recommended to a pharmacy, and that farm pharma, uh, three pharmacies, and they all go, oh, we're only open on Friday. So if the Friday test is not within the seventy two hours, because I'm leaving Tuesday. Finally, I get a third recommendation and it was a place that could see me Monday and uh, it was a 20-minute test and I was negative and everything was great. And then I, I was able to go back to my hotel and upload that and stuff. Right. But when I went through customs, they didn't care about the thing you uploaded. You had to pull out the piece of paper and they had to read it.
2: So so the pharmacy that you went to, printed the last one, printed it out. Um, is that across the board Do was the pharmacy familiar with the fact that they had to print something out and yeah, give it they, to you? Yeah,
1: because there were like seven people waiting for a test that were going to travel.
2: Like travel internationally or that's...
1: I don't know if they're traveling. day they Because it makes me wonder can. if
2: in Portugal, like whether you travel domestically, whether you travel internationally. I mean, it makes me wonder how many other cities people would be flying to in Portugal. But obviously people do business there and probably need to travel on planes. Although Portugal is kind of a small country, you know?
1: Um, I don't know exactly how small it is. I didn't travel around the country as much as I would have wanted to. And it's strictly because of this reason. I know that if for any reason you did test positive, you have to go to some facility. You can't stay at your hotel all at your own cost. And they just make you, uh, quarantine for 10 days Yeah, at your own cost. And I'm like, I don't know if it's like a little factory where they give you a room or something. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't do that. So I didn't. Yeah, you can't risk that. There's a place called Sintra, which has all these castles. So you can take a train up to Sintra. It's like an hour away. But I just saw too many people without their masks on. Yeah. Uh, and I just didn't want to do that. Right. So um, just the food there, the people. I always found someone who would speak English. They were great. They couldn't have been nicer. Mm-hmm. Um, loveliest people ever. How much
2: was your food in total? Did you keep track of like meals and expenses?
1: I did. My food total, I think, was one hundred twenty-seven dollars. Wow!
2: Wait for how long? How many? How many days were you there again? A week or nine days? A week. A week. Wow, that's impressive.
1: Yeah. Um. I my hotel cost was six hundred fifty dollars. So it was like it was approximately like 85 dollars a night or something like that.
2: That's not bad at all um so euros that must have been 70 euros a night or something something like that right yeah yeah.
1: um and then uh like i did this thing it's called the telecabin which is like one of those um things that's up in the air like 100 feet oh yeah you sent a a
2: video over whatsapp it was cool
1: yeah so you know i spent some money and that was like nine dollars one of the things i didn't get to do because i was just just exploring all the different stores and all the like there were people at Starbucks. I would just stop at Starbucks because I was reading a book or something for 20, and everybody was just over-the-top helpful. I always found someone who could help me if I didn't speak Portuguese. Um, the thing I found so fascinating is how many people in Europe ride bicycles nonstop, and they. I went and checked on the site. I, it was like television bicycle lisbo or something like that and i checked on the site for 28 dollars, you can have a bike for the whole year and it's not the same bike you ride your bike from your university and you drop it off at this cafe and and then you
2: pick up another one yeah lime bike is similar and that's what i did um during my summer at notre dame but it's really useful but 28 is really not that bad
1: I was just stunned. Well, it, it was also something like $17 for a month and $2 and 32 cents for a day. So, but $28 for the year, you know, you use yeah, it, no, that's really useful. Use it, use it 10 times. It's like so worth it. Yeah. Uh, just amazing. Um, I didn't get to use this thing and I recommend it to everybody. It's called the Lisboa card and it's a three in one transport card where you get uh, free museum passes, uh, all travel is free, so you can go on um, trains, the metro, any trams, any buses. Uh, all that travel is 100% free once you have this card. Right. And because I had so many places to explore right in Lisbon, it didn't matter to me. Yeah. So, dun, da 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 whole trip cost me $1,392.
2: Wow.
1: Pros, Everybody traveled to Lisbon. It couldn't be nicer. I I just love that place. Uh, the people were great. The you should rest- go there with
2: Matt. Our, um, my cousin Matthew is uh, currently in Brazil, and he is. I I would. I you know I haven't updated with him, but he knows Portuguese. So you could go there and uh, learn that much more because you'd have someone who could be um, uh, right there and speak it with you. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um- The people couldn't be nicer. I had an amazing experience. Of course, every time I travel, I usually do some sporting event. So I ran the mini marathon with sixteen thousand of my friends, (laughs) and that was spectacular. The pro, that's the pros. The cons I would be very aware of when it says operated by or code share, and what they won't say is code share. That's just
2: an internal term. It's not a term that you're going to see. So when I
1: would ask somebody, they said, oh, yeah, we code share. I said, so what's the real name of the flight? And they go, blah, 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 blah. So if I would go to Iberia. This
2: happened to multiple flights. I thought the person couldn't help you.
1: Oh, it happened going back, and it happened happened going. Oh, got it. But overall, I think the experience was great. Yes, I was able to do eight days, seven nights with a a city 6,000 miles away Round trip airfare, all the food and the hotel for $1,392. So overall, well worth it.
2: So do you feel like you would do another trip again?
1: Absolutely. I just don't know that I, w- I would, like I'd like to explore what was that $290 one? Is that, how different was that? Are you staying on the same airline?
2: Or Well, well would you rather like also find a new city?
1: Oh, absolutely! I go to. I'm definitely going to a new city, but I'm going to try and do this at least three to four times a year, and I'll report back each time.
2: Yeah. Well, you can. Uh, we can have you learn some languages too. I mean, you know, I'm trying to think of all the ones that would be great to learn. But um, you're 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 a tough New York. You can get by without exactly without knowing it. English is pretty. We're very very lucky in that English is very well spoken and uh,
1: all around the world.
2: Literally all around the world. Yeah. Um. But that was super interesting to hear, and we're so happy to have you back uh, stateside. Um, And uh, and thank
1: you for the two countries that are listening. Now we're up to 15 countries,
2: 15 countries. I will take it. Even if one of them is you and well, Oh, wow. You know, Hey, Caitlin, we went to the Czech Republic. Guess where we have listeners now. The Czech Republic. (laughs) Oh no, I'm, I'm messing, but um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you learned something and uh, dad, any last words? Please subscribe. Please subscribe. We'll see you on the next one guys. Bye. Bye.
0: The content on Dads, Daughters, and Dollars is for informational purposes only and does not constitute professional financial advice. Listeners should consult an attorney, accountant, financial planner, or other professionals to suit your specific needs.